the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, we got quite the show for you today. Of course, we'll start off with the governor's office like we always do on Thursdays. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton at 3.30. Alan Kerr. Alan Carr, pardon me. Alan Carr is coming up at uh, 4 o'clock. He's going to talk. There's new information for you dealing with uh, uh, the... uh, pharmacies and all the rest of the stuff, how they're going to do the drugs and all of that, and he's going to talk about that. I won't try to steal any of his thunder because I am totally in the dark about it, so that's why I asked him to join us. He'll be in studio from 4 till 4.30 to talk about uh, about that. Uh, JR not here today. He is with the governor today. The governor's sitting in front of uh, some of the newspaper reporters and bloggers and people like that answering questions but jamie barker is here he came in he's not afraid he's ready to take it on and of course he's the communications director with the governor's re-election campaign which uh, brings us to the very first question where is the uh the uh you know uh the whole deal right now i mean uh you got past the primary now you've got the general election coming up I mean, is now kind of a a slow period? Let everybody get their breath again before you make the final dash? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. We're definitely, you know, where are we? The answer to that is everywhere. I mean, we're still covering ground. Um, we're still hitting any events that we can hit, uh, whether it's the governor himself or we're getting, you know, members of our staff going, uh, volunteers, whoever we can get to go um, help us cover ground and cast a wide net because um, Arkansas is a pretty big state. And if you've ever driven all around it, it's kind of difficult um to get around but uh you know it is it is a little slower it's the summertime so you know things move at a different pace than they did maybe three weeks prior to the uh, primary election but you know we're still we're still working hard and focused on what we got to do in november okay so as far as the primary was uh concerned did things go as well or better than what you expected i think it just depends on who you ask uh I will say I was point uh, point zero two off on my prediction. Okay, uh, we all did a prediction. Um, so uh, I it just depends on who so you, you ask. had it seventy thirty. Is the way is I, the way I had it, had it sixty nine point five five, and I think it ended up being sixty nine point six or something like that. Okay, it was really really close. Um, pat myself on the back. But, Good job. You well, know, I, <laughs> yeah, it was totally means yes. you know. It mean, well, it just means that you know what was going out on the ground. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think it went you know really well. I think it shows that the governor has done you know exactly what he said he was going to do um, for the past three and a half years, and that the results were getting uh, record low unemployment, you know, significant tax reductions, and shrinking government have all you know resonated with voters, and uh, I think they spoke pretty strongly in May. I had uh, Trent Garner on uh, yesterday, and we were talking, and he says that he's expecting a very uh, actionable 2019. Uh, is the governor seeing it that way? Uh, by actionable, you mean? A lot of stuff happening. In the session? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, just looking at what the governor's laid out that he wants to do um, in his second term, uh, the two biggest being the $180 million tax cut, lowering the top rate from 6.9% to 6% um, to make our income tax rate more competitive and continuing that initiative of his, as well as cutting, uh, you know, or reorganizing state agencies to remove, um, you know, redundant boards, commissions, agencies, and cutting that down from, you know, over 40-something that report to him down below the number of 20, well, which I, is more than 50%. Now, I know that he had already spoken about school safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that he spoke about a while back. Uh, but now he's had this group that's been meeting. Uh, do you figure that's going to be a, a very uh, big story during the uh, session as well? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, again, I don't know that we have any, you know, solid recommendations from them. I know Senator Garner has been working on, you know, his safe plan. If he's talked yeah. about that at all, he was on um, the air. He talked about it. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of people focused on that and focusing on, you know, significant reforms that are going to deliver actual results versus, you know people looking to maybe use this as a chance to capitalize on an agenda. And so, um, you know, I think you'll have both sides really, you know, scrutinizing the other side on what they're going to present. And I, you know, I would assume that's going to be a significant topic. The senator said that uh, the Democrats are out there uh, raising their little red flags and they're talking about, you know, uh, uh, their whole idea about uh, gun control. They want to bring gun control to Arkansas and things of that nature. Uh, that may make for some interesting, I don't know, uh, articles in the newspaper or whatever. I don't think that it will do anything, so to speak. <laughs> well, you know, when you got a legislature filled with three-quarters of them, Republicans on each side and a state like Arkansas that's, you know, very solidly pro-gun, you know, I don't think we have, you know, I don't want to say we don't have anything to be worried about because um, it's, you know, always something you need to pay attention to. But I feel pretty confident that we're not going to be swayed on where we stand on the Second Amendment. Okay. Any Anything that you all are watching uh, for 2019 that uh, you wonder if it might raise its ugly head or something? Is there any issues out there that got you all concerned? Uh, you know, honestly, I think right now we're focusing on November. And, okay. you know, well, you got to think. Yeah, you got to think ahead. Um but first thing you got to do is, you know, you got to win the election. And so we're focused on, you know, what, we're, what we want to do going forward, what we've done and t- educating people on, you know, the promises that the governor's kept. And so, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, he's probably got things in his mind that, you know, make him, you know, lay in bed and think about him at night. But, uh, you know, we're focused from the campaign perspective on November. OK, so Gillum has resigned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at a brand new uh, speaker of the house. I think we all knew there was probably going to be one anyway. Uh, you know, does that make things difficult to, for the governor in any way, or is it a pretty seamless type of a situation? Uh, I mean, I, I don't, you know, Matthew Shepard, representative Shepard from El Dorado down where I'm from was elected to be speaker and assume that, you know, come next January. Um, so, cause Gillen wasn't running for reelection already. Right. Um, I think I would assume that he's going to be elected um, speaker for the remainder of, you know, Speaker Gillum's term. Uh, if you saw yesterday, I thought that was a really classy move. Uh, Representative Andy Davis um, from West Little Rock, who had originally run against uh, uh, Speaker Designate Shepard um, for the speakership and lost, uh, tweeted out that, you know, he urged his House colleagues to support right. Representative Shepard because, you know, it makes sense to let him, you know, He's going to be the one come January. Let's go ahead and you know let him hit the ground running now, versus switching to someone else and then switching again come January and you know all that. So I, you know the governor's worked really well um, with uh, the speaker. He's worked really well with Representative Shepard. 
you know, he's worked really well with the Republican caucus. You know, I, I don't see any reason that that won't continue to be the case. All right. We need to get our first break in uh, about a quarter after two here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Jamie Barker is our guest, communications director for the uh, uh, the governor's reelection campaign and sitting in today for J.R. Davis, who's overdoing his uh, due diligence at a, what is called a pen and pad uh, with the governor, where the governor sits down and answers questions from the press. We'll come back. We'll talk more. Governor's been uh, up to Washington, D.C. some more. We'll talk about what are some of the things that he heard about. Uh, we've got a question from a listener that wanted to get an answer to. We'll see if Jamie's got that answer when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Jamie Barker is with us, the uh, communications director for the governor's reelection campaign. We were just talking about uh, California and the primary results uh, from the other night. Did you see the story that California is going to offer Medicaid expansion to illegal aliens? It's going to cost them $3 billion a year. Now, here's my take on that. They will not be able to pay that. It's just not going to happen, and they're going to end up going to the feds for more money. Now, I can already hear the laughter in the White House, okay? But the the Democrats uh, in Congress and the, in the Senate, they ain't going to be laughing. But it's just another reason why don't vote for any Democrats. There you go. I mean, seriously. No, that's a perfect example. I mean, look, regardless of your opinion on, you know, Medicaid expansion or Medicaid in general, you know, that is just a whole other step and issue in and of itself. And well, illegal the, aliens? Yeah, yeah that's cost. a huge thing. Yeah, yeah three Taxpayer bill. money, yeah. Californians yeah. taxpayer uh, money, and, and they've got, you know, they've got people leaving left and right from that state right now going to Arizona, going to uh, New Mexico, else. you know, and showing up in Texas even. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what, please don't come here. I don't <laughs> want your liberal claptrap that you bring with you because they do they bring it with them they well, change things some of look them, at florida well some of some of them leaving you know don't aren't necessarily liberal they're just trying to escape the tax climate yeah and if you know if i'd say it's pretty good persuade uh, persuasion to be a conservative if you experience the pains of paying well, the crazy tax rate in california yeah i just want to be conservatives on both sides of the issues on social and on financial sure you know, I don't want things all changing because you got a bunch of Californians leaving uh, their state. So stay where you're at. You know, we'll help you saw it off and let it, <laughs> you know, float out into the ocean. That'd be fine. Or better yet, vote for splitting the, the, the state up into three states. Or just be a Republican. Yeah. Or go Republican. Go red. In, in that blue There's area. There's an easier alternative than sawing your state off into the ocean. Because, you know, San Diego is purple. Mm -hmm. L.A., of course, and San Francisco are vividly blue. So, but a lot of people in San Francisco are getting fed up. I, have you seen any of the housing costs out there? It's insane. Yeah. I have a friend who's, whose mom bought a just a small little apartment in the 80s. And I think she paid something. I mean, she paid seventy five, eighty thousand for it, which at the time was a whole lot. Yep. Property value was still high there. Uh, and I think they, I think she ended up selling it for something crazy, like one point seven million or yeah. something insane. Absolutely, and it's like a rundown. I mean, it's not like this is not something that's you know some great 
you know Airbnb spot that you pay a couple thousand dollars a night for. Yeah, yeah. They said that uh, you know four hundred square foot uh, nothing. I mean, my yeah. that's what my garage is basically four hundred square feet and uh, holds uh, three cars. And and the interesting thing about that, somebody bought it and they paid one point two mil. One point two mil. I'll move my house out there, and yeah. I'll do pretty good on the market out there, no doubt about it. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Plus, they got all these rules that they bring up. I guess you heard that uh, they're going to require people to start installing solar on their homes. No. Oh, you hadn't heard about that? Uh-uh. Yeah, that's that's the next thing for them. They're going to force people. <laughs> put solar panels to do their hot water heaters and a stuff. good rule for government is if it starts with require people to it's probably it not probably won't a very work good idea yeah it probably will not work so it's just something that to know about oh i found out something else here here's a good one for you jamie i know you're like me yeah you like liberty you mm-hmm. know sure you know and and i hate having to put my kids in car seats mm-hmm. did you know that your car seat has a uh, a date on it mm-hmm. that from that date it's no longer good i do i did, did you know that so yes i did and uh, cribs do as well and here i the reason i know that is me and wife are foster parents and so to get approved you have to have up-to-date um you know equipment whether it's car seat uh crib whatever it right. is and so we actually had a crib that we knew was less than two years old so it was totally fine and, uh, you know, we could look it up online and say, you know, this is the crib. Look here. This is what it is. But it didn't have the sticker on it anymore that has the serial number or whatever that right, used to right. reference it. So we had to buy another crib. Well, here's the so key. So I was aware. This is a punishment for people who have more than one child for sure. Let's say you have three children. That means you can't, like, pass down the car seat. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah in, a couple, that- in a couple of years, uh, the youngest won't be able to use that that one that the oldest used, you right. got to buy a new one. It's, it's it's insanity, and I'm waiting. I am waiting to hear, and I'm not saying it's going to happen in Arkansas first. I don't believe that will happen. But a police officer is going to pull somebody over and have them pulled over, and is going to look back and say, you know, how old is that car seat? Uh, I don't know. And they're going to look at the back of it. It's going to be old so to speak it's going to be outdated and they're going to give somebody a, a just a horrendous ticket and tell them they got to buy a new car seat see that's just this is a scam as far as i'm concerned about car seats and things yeah i mean that's that's tough do you i mean do you know if it's is the is the seat date like a like a suggestion like it is with like a jar of pickles like a best buy date or is it like an actual like law that says it, if well, your has car it, is, if your seat is past this date it's not good yes right Huh. Yeah, that's what it's got got on because, you know, it's plastic. Most of the seats are plastic. So if it's exposed to air, air is going to, you know, have its chemical way with the plastic and it's going to get brittle or whatever. So uh shouldn't be putting your child in an old car seat. So maybe, uh, maybe we should bar. Um, I'm not saying we need to do this. I'm, I'm saying this because it could lead to this where there'll be a law passed that says that you can't sell a car seat at a garage sale. I'm just saying, you watch me. You just watch. It's that people told me, Dave, 
that whole thing, they're never going to bust kids for selling lemonade at Lemonade Sands. Oh, yeah. That's happened in a whole lot of states. Well, I've got a solution for the car seat industry. Have you ever seen a Twinkie after about 30 years? You make them out of Twinkies, those things won't go bad. (laughs) They'll stay stay good forever. Well, here's my thing. Change the laws and just say, use the seat if you want to use the seat. You know, don't force people to use the seat. Oh, I can hear all the helicopter parents right now. (laughs) Oh, my God. There are more people living here now in the United States who never were in a car seat in their lifetime. All right. And they're doing fine out there anyway. I, I won't. I'll get off of this because <laughs> I'm sure the governor has no, you know, no no stance on this. Okay, yeah, I can't he say want, I've ever heard him. He talk doesn't about want to get seats. into this. All right, this is the stuff that I get into. It just it just just. I'll tell you why it it does. I went to San Antonio. We took my um, year and a half uh, old grandson with us, and let me tell you what a kid that's like. You know, 16 months old, 17 months old, I got one 18 months. They don't want to sit in a car seat for 10 hours. They, that is, there's a whole lot of other things they'd rather be doing they than sitting will, in a car seat. They can raise uh, noises that the pitch of with will make your ears bleed. Yep. You know, and here's what I told my daughter. Uh, we're driving down. It's nighttime. Eli is just had enough. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be in the car seat anymore. Oh, and they won't sleep in him either. No, I took. Well, he'll sleep in it. Uh, he can't. He can't uh, keep himself in. But he get. He gets to the point. He ain't going to put mm-hmm. up with it anymore. And I told my, my daughter. I said, "Take him out, hold your son, and uh, you know, play with him or whatever. If we get stopped by the cops, they're happen to pass me by, and they see that my my grandson's not in the you know the car seat and they stop me and they want to give me a ticket don't worry about it i'll pay it okay but calm him down it's not good for him where he's screaming and crying so much he's about ready to puke so that's what i have against cars <laughs> just so you know all right we got a minute here we got the news coming up uh jamie barker is our guest communications director for the governor's office we're going to have uh, for the governor's re-election campaign. J.R. might take exception to some of that kind of stuff. And other folks, too, over I, there, right? Yeah, I I much prefer my side of the Okay, of you the like the re-election than, side. I do. It's, it's, All right, we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about re-election and strategies and, and what do you do and things of that nature here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Plus, the governor uh, made his way to Washington. Uh, we'll talk about some different things that uh, he talked about in Washington with the uh, the powers that be up there and what may have come out of those meetings. Some of that would be, you know, can we go from 138 to 100% poverty level? The answer right now is who knows? Uh, we've got the news right now, though. Let's go do that. All right, let's continue to Dave Ellswick show, 25 minutes till uh, the hour. And uh, my guest is uh, Jamie Barker. Now, normally it's J.R. Davis, but J.R. Davis is... He's working hard today, standing to the side, watching the governor as the astute uh, governor that he is, handle himself without any problem, whatever. And Jamie's, you know, I mean, not Jamie, but Jr. is really not needed there, but he has to be there just in case. <laughs> you never know. This is what, well, it's, it's what I did whenever I was in the United States uh, working 
uh, with the Air Force. Typically, my jobs were overseas because that's we were armed forces, radio, and television. So we went to the troops when they were stationed outside the United States. We came back to the U.S. and we went to PAO offices. And then typically, we got stuck with the commander of the base, making sure we went with them on interviews and things like that. And uh, here's here was my only thing that I would ever say to the general. It was and the guy that I had when I was back here in the states was General Constantine. I said, General Constantine, sir, remember if they ask anything about nukes, you can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny that we have nukes at Wordsmith. Everybody figured we did because there's all these B-52s and there's Constantine wire all around the fence on the top, you know. So people are figuring, well, there's probably something in there that we're not supposed to be touching. So anyway, that that was my job. And that's what basically JR's job is, just to remind the governor, don't go there. That's it. That's uh, that's what he's doing. That's, that's important for him. All right, before we get back to Jamie, because I got some questions about what went down in D.C., we want to talk about that. Governor's been to uh, Washington. Uh, know that if you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, stop. You can be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars in the lifetime of the Social Security that you get. Uh this decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes and double your Medicare premiums. You could avoid that by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class on Friday, July the 13th, hosted by David Lucas from David Lucas Show. Uh, you hear him right here on 101.1, The Answer on Saturdays. You hear him on my show from time to time. I bring him on to ask him questions about Social Security and other uh, things you need to know about the stock market. Uh, this workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration's 18 bucks includes a 34-page workbook uh, maximizing your Social Security benefits. The seating is going to be very limited, probably less than 30. So if you've saved $100,000 for retirement, call 501-653-6690. Don't leave tens of thousands of dollars in Social Security benefits on the table. Again, that number, 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. That's all you got to do. And uh, you can get yourself a, a place to see exactly what's going down uh, in that uh, special seminar. All right, so the governor had several meetings in D.C. this week. Uh, amongst the topics talked about, Jamie, were trade, tariffs, uh, Arkansas works, cybersecurity, and uh, he's going to be talking. That's what he's talking about today in the pen and pad. You know, a lot of people don't realize the whole trade thing is important because we do a lot of trade with rice. We do a lot of trade with chickens, all of that kind. That You know, we're pol- poultry and produce, basically, mm-hmm. a lot of farms. Yeah, I mean, our, our agriculture industry is, you know, top industry in the state for a reason. Um, you know, the governor went to D.C. to meet, um, you know, with different uh, government officials on trade and the potential tariffs and the tariffs we have and the, you know, looming trade war that everyone keeps talking about in the media. And um, that hasn't materialized. Right. Yet. That's why it's still looming. That's why, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, he just went up there to, you know, meet, discuss the importance of trade for the state of Arkansas for our agriculture industry, um, 
for our poultry industry specifically our you know our crops and all that thing, all that um, that goes with it and how much of an impact that has on the state in a positive way and how much you know uh, anything that could be damaging to that could you know harm the arkansas economy that's doing really well um and so you know the governor supports president um there's obviously a goal and a method to the madness sometimes uh, that not everybody seems to be able to see until mm-hmm. it's you know materialized um but while he supports the president, he also, you know, has a duty to uh, support the Arkansas economy, support the Arkansas farmer, and make sure that, you know, our agriculture industry stays strong and, you know, not impeded. Yeah, he needs to keep an eye on uh, a lot of things that are going on. One of the other things I know that you all have been keeping your eye on, uh, they got the work requirement here mm-hmm. for arkansas works which started on june the first now they keep waiting now to to see if they're going to allow you to drop from 138 percent of the poverty level to 100 percent poverty level and it seems like things have come just kind of to a screeching halt on this and y'all are getting any kind of information hardly at all is there do you guys have any reasons to doubt that this won't happen in the future uh, you know, I don't know. I obviously work for the campaign side, so I don't always know um, the ins and outs of who's speaking with who over at CMS um, and with the federal government, the Trump administration. I do know that we've had uh, a great relationship with the Trump administration that we did not previously have when dealing with the Obama administration. You know, we asked for uh, the work requirement, um, I think, at least once, maybe twice under the Obama administration. They said no, flatly. This is an entitlement program. Uh, the Trump administration was a different approach. They understand that, you know, this is creates an element of individual responsibility that we don't have before. Uh, it creates a uh, program that makes it more of a um, stepping stone to pulling yourself up on the economic ladder. Um, and so, you know, we've always we've gotten a really good response, had a really good relationship with the Trump administration, with CMS um, since Trump was elected. Um, and I think the governor's meetings up there continued that relationship. Um, it's still really strong. Uh, you know, I don't obviously they haven't granted us the reduction from 138 to 100. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any insider information on, you know, to be helpful on giving you a tip on whether that's going to happen or when it would happen if it does. Um, I know that it's still a goal of ours and something we're still focused on and working on um, and working with CMS to see if we can get that accomplished. Well, we all know that the, the wheels of uh, the federal government, state government too at times, but the federal government for sure grind slowly and that uh, seems to be what's happening because i mean the whole work requirement is completely new yeah yeah we're the first arkansas is the first state to we were the third state to receive the waiver we're the first state to implement it and like i said that went live on june the first so you know this month uh members in the medicaid expansion population who are able-bodied are going to have to start either working looking for work or volunteering and you know documenting those hours and where they're at what, what's the uh, what's the word from uh, the bowels of the government? I mean, uh, how do they think this is working, or do they know that yet? That yeah, it's only. I mean, it's been less than a week at this point. Um, I think I don't. You know, I haven't heard anything negative about it. I think DHS had a very clear plan on how they wanted to implement this. Um, and you know, as with anything, there will be you know places to make adjustments and improvements on. Um, but I think overall, you know, people were really excited to get this started. Um, you know, it's again something we've been asking for for a while, and thankfully we have a Republican president who understands the value of it. And so, yeah, I think we'll see you know continued improvements, but that you know it's a solid rollout of the program. Okay, a couple of things my my listeners asked me to talk about with you. One being 
you know, where are we on this whole school safety issue mm-hmm. uh, here in the state? Uh, I know that we've got a, a special group that's uh, talking to people, get, soliciting information. Mm-hmm. Have, when are they supposed to have something in written form for you all? Uh, you know, I don't know uh, an exact date off the top of my head. I would assume that their goal would be to have something this, I mean, you know, this calendar year because we've got a legislative session in 2019. So if there's any, you know, proposed legislative um, fixes or proposals uh, to give school districts leniency to, you know, institute uh, things that might work better for their school district um, and, you know, more of a local control that they understand how to better protect their schools, um, you know, I would assume that would have to be done, I mean, completed this calendar year so that I don't, I don't, know that again i'm campaign side so i don't always have the specific dates but you know common sense i would think would dictate that that would need to be this calendar year all right we've got one other question from the listeners we'll get to that when we come back after this final break on the dave ellswick show all right back and uh, jamie barker's with us he's communications director for uh, the governor's re-election campaign he's sitting in today for jr davis jr be back with us next thursday here on the dave ellswick show And uh, here's the other question our listeners have been uh, asking about over time, because this was this is a law that was passed back in 2017 general session. Mm -hmm. And that was to go out and raise the speed limit to 75 miles an hour. And I've not seen any 75 mile an hour speed limit signs go up. And uh, they just want to know, as I do now, uh, why uh, that hasn't happened and where are we on (laughs) it? So it's – I have an answer for you. Okay, good. The long-awaited answer. The bill did not establish 75-mile-an-hour speed limits in Arkansas. Okay. It established the possibility of 75-mile-an-hour speed limits pending the Highway Commission studying the safety effects of a 75-mile-an-hour speed okay. limit. They have not completed that study on safety and implementation because obviously it could vary based on area or whatever highway it is. Um, and so you know, Arkansas has got a whole lot of roads to cover. Um, they haven't completed the study, so therefore we have no 75-mile-an-hour speed limit yet. Is there any date out there of when they figure they'll be done, or should I just call them? and? I would call them because now you're getting and, above my pay grade. And, and light the fire and put them on the spit and start turning them over to fire a little bit? Look, it's America. You do whatever you want. <laughs> I like how Jamie says, Dave, you know that I cannot get into that discussion. (laughs) All right, Jamie Barker is our guest. Let's finish up by talking here in the last uh, eight, nine minutes here about the campaign. There's a lot of things that go on in campaigns people are not aware of. Uh, Probably the clearest view anybody got of it was back in the 90s when Clinton ran uh, for president, and they did so much – on specials and documentaries about the war room and all the rest. What are some things that uh, people would be stunned if they heard what was going on behind? And, you know, I'm, it's not like nefarious stuff. That's not what I'm even no, alluding to. You know, that they that they would be going, wow, I didn't know they could do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with just things people would be surprised and just wouldn't think about. Okay. Have you ever seen 40,000 pieces of candy? I have not. Well, I have because we went ahead and it was cheaper, you know, in projecting, you know, here's how many parades we're going to. And, you know, each time we have to go to Sam's and buy this bags of candy, uh, you know, 
we found out why don't we just buy the stuff in bulk yeah. so you know we bought a whole lot of candy and for you know we're like okay this is going to save us a couple hundred bucks now was it jolly ranchers or what hey, it's assorted we we, okay. we, we didn't buy forty thousand you know smarties no um so you know that's a good example of just something that you wouldn't think about but you've got to actually you, you we had to think through our candy making decision right there you know how can we save money in the long run if we're going to buy this candy you know let's it, buy it in bulk that's so, not cheap either i bet it was not cheap it was actually you know kind of surprisingly cheap to me for what sounds like i mean forty thousand pieces of candy is a whole lot of candy right yeah. i mean it's a it's a pretty good size uh crepe full and so uh it, it wasn't you know it was a lot of candy i will say that okay. it takes up a good portion of the room it sits in <laughs> i got you okay so that that's one thing that's pretty mm-hmm. cool that's, yeah and file that away under your trivia there you go you may be asked about that what about everybody hears about the war room mm-hmm. can you talk about that what kind of things are discussed when you all get together you know most of the time when people talk about a war room I, that i've always heard it talked about you're talking about election night Okay. Um, that's generally speaking. Um, and so, you know, you've got people that are generally tracking different elections. You know, they're, everyone's kind of got their different precincts or districts or whatever counties or whatever it is their their portion is control of. Um, you know, they're they're looking at, you know, what did we project we were going to get? What did we get last time? What did so-and-so get when they ran in, you know, X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember doing this when we were looking at the presidential returns. I was in the war room for the Republican Party when I was a political director there two cycles ago. And I was sitting there, and uh, we were looking at the presidential. We all we'd won big time in all our state races. We were, you know, super thrilled how that went. Went better than we could have expected. The only thing left, to cherry on top, was for Trump to knock off Hillary, and it looked really good at the time. Mm-hmm. The only state that was pending that really could change the potential of him winning at that point in the night um, was Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania. There, there, yep. And there were three precincts left to report and so you know trump i think had like a five thousand vote lead or something so i was like well i'm gonna go pull those precincts from you know pennsylvania secretary of state and we're gonna look at what romney got and what you know uh, mccain got mccain and- got and what bush got and we're just gonna see you know what the tr- and we pulled them up and two of the three romney got like 67 69 percent or something crazy so you know trump wasn't gonna do worse than romney in rural pennsylvania and mm-hmm. so uh, at that point, you know, we were able to predict, hey, we so can, you all we can all go out. do the happy dance. That's right. We can all high five, go out there and uh, enjoy the rest of the party with everybody else who's been, you know, out there watching the TVs and stuff. And so that's just like a, you know, kind of a microcosm of what we're doing, what you're doing in a war room. So when you walked out back to the party, mm-hmm. you had some inside oh, yeah. information yeah. there. And probably the networks hadn't announced anything yet. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there and you're looking and taking bets at that point. <laughs> yeah, I walked around to everybody and bet him five bucks that Trump was going to win Pennsylvania by at least six thousand votes. No, no, no I'm just. But kidding. yeah, no, it's it is a, it is an interest. It's very. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of elections. That last you know couple hours after the polls close before there's any certainty on what's actually going to happen. Even if you know you're going to win, the question. I mean, you still want to win by more. You can always win by more. And so you know you're waiting to see how much this blood and sweat has paid off. And so being able to sit there and, you know, we've got somebody sitting, my mom ran for state representative in 2016 for the first time. And I had somebody sitting at a polling location in, you know, Locust Bayou, which is in the middle of nowhere in South Arkansas. And we had the 37 votes from Locust Bayou's pre, that precinct mm-hmm. that they were at. And we were able to sit, write down, you know, all these precincts and know she won before the county courthouses even had the votes reported to them yet. And so, you know, it's really it's an interesting time if you get a chance to be in one. Uh, it's, it's pretty. It's a lot of fun to watch. It is. It, it is. is. I, I agree. And so the the other question that I have for you is, 
before that. Let, let's go out a couple of weeks before the day that everybody goes to the polls, mm-hmm. election day. Mm-hmm. Do you all have, uh, you know, if you talk about Congress, you're talking about, you know, the whips and things of that nature, the people that are out there making sure the votes are going to be there and whatever. Do you have enough people within the organization to touch base with the people that are in the state? And are you getting out to vote? Have you been talking to the people? Mm -hmm. Have you Mm -hmm. been doing this? Have you been doing that? Does that all go on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, in a statewide race in Arkansas, um, you know, our campaign has, you know, pretty decent sized staff comparative to what's probably average. uh, And it's still only like six people. So, you know, we're obviously not able to go out and talk to everybody. So we've, you know, we're relying on, we've got county coordinators in each of the 75 counties. Sometimes we have multiple county coordinators for larger counties or counties with, you know, larger populations, two population centers on each side of the county. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the state representatives, state senators that are supportive are helping us. The county judges are helping us. County sheriffs are helping us. Just volunteers in general are helping us. And so, you know, you've got to cast a really wide net in Arkansas. It's a big place to travel. And so, yeah, you've got absolutely you've got to rely on. You know, your people on the ground there to know what's going on, make sure that, you know, whether it's door knocking, making phone calls, um, or just going to a county fair and, you know, holding, having a booth with some signs and, you know, push cards, whatever that is, um, you know, it's really important to have those people in those places doing that because there's no no possible way that just the internal campaign could possibly cover that much ground on their own. Okay, so over the last uh, eight, uh, ten, maybe twelve years, uh a lot of things have changed as far as analytics. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think baseball is analytics, you have no idea about what political races are like now. You know, what is the biggest, is that the biggest change now as far as a campaign goes? Yeah, I would I say mean, you know where the votes are typically? Yeah, and you could get a lot of that. A lot of it's not necessarily a change in what you're getting in the end it's the change in the efficiency and how you get it it's a change in the way it's computed like uh, you know versus you know used to you could get returns and figure out where people were that voted but you're going to have to you know do all the math and things by 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 hand right. or, with a calculator or a tin key or something like that now you know there's programs that do that for you they predict you know here's your votes you know obviously um, from an unbiased source, you know, there's, you're getting it. It's a, you know, algorithmic thing that's going to produce those results. So I don't know that it's necessarily, I mean, there's definitely an improvement, don't get me wrong. Um, and then the, I think the, the biggest improvement has been how we use some of that base data to build off of, because it's more efficient, you have more time, you've got more ability to plan. Um, you know, social media has been a huge change. Uh, that's a big part of campaigns now. And the analytics feeds right into your, you know, how does your social media plan work? Hmm. Jamie Barker, appreciate you coming by. Yeah, I like fun. just talking the nuts and bolts yeah. of a campaign. It's very interesting. It's the most important part. I'm just saying it, it. Back in the day, you might have walked every house in neighborhoods, and now you may only walk. Nope, you should not walk you know, any candidate listening. Don't walk every house. You don't have to. You, sh- you do you not know, have to. You know who voted for your party That's in right. the last election. Jamie, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, no problem. We'll talk to you later. See you. All right, Dave Ellswick Show here on The Answer. All right, back with you. Uh, Warren Buffett today says that, uh, what a big surprise here. Uh, He told CNBC the U.S. economy is in rare form and could continue to prove strong now for years to come. 
Shelley's here. We we don't have both of our members of the power panel for the females today. Uh, Elizabeth is out. She's she's doing women power things on other stuff. <laughs> but uh, sitting here with me, Shelley is Shelley. Do you remember? This is not longer than two years ago when the media was saying the days of and you can jump on in here too zach you you probably remember this too where the media was saying that the economy those the days of three and a half to five percent growth like we saw during reagan's presidency Mm -hmm. and stuff were over that was never going to happen again you know get used to it folks we're you know we're moving into the twilight of america basically is what they're saying did you hear what the last quarter was um i I can't remember what it was it was good 4.8 percent yeah okay it was 4.8 percent yeah and everybody keeps talking about this freaking blue wave it ain't gonna happen this is not Mm -hmm. This is this is a wet dream that Democrats have. I'm just it saying. Is. It that's is. That's exactly that's... what it is. It does something, but it does you no good. Yeah. Okay. Bottom line. Yeah. And I. They just are trying and grasping at every little straw they can to to well, make a California big deal. California was and... a, was such a disappointment to them as oh, well. Oh yeah. They're trying to say, oh yeah, it shows we're going to win like 23 right. seats in California. Yeah. Oh BS. Yeah. Yeah. That it, that's not going to happen. Relax, okay. Now that doesn't mean that you can take it easy and put it on cruise control. That's not what I'm saying. What right. I'm saying is, is that. Look, I predict it will pick up five seats in the Senate. Mm-hmm. We could pick up seven, and if we're really, really lucky, and all the planets align, and it becomes the age of Aquarius again, we'll get eight. Yeah, we could seriously. We got. I was talking to Jamie about it. We've got a really good candidate up there in Michigan. This is a former fighter pilot. Young uh, mid thirties black guy, that's really yeah. coming on strong. He could win in Michigan, and he's yeah. really conservative. And I'm just really ex- excited yes, about yes, yes. that because yeah. when's the last time that you know we've ever been able to be really competitive uh, in yeah. Michigan? Uh, the approval ratings for the president they say sit at about forty nine percent. I think it's higher than that, totally probably agree. around sixty percent. But yeah. uh, and and it's it's going to go higher as the economy continues to do what it does, and people uh, have jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's more job openings now than there's people to fill them. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, the two subjects you're talking about, like the uh, when the jobs report came out and all that. You know, Trump sent a sent a tweet prior to it saying i'm looking forward to the numbers coming out today that's all he said and next thing you know I'm, my phone's blowing up with news nbc uh number one uh, presidents aren't supposed to tout numbers before the jobs report before these reports come out blah blah blah. like they can't it, they knew it was good news so they had to do it with a butt you know and then and then the whole uh about his, his approval ratings and whatnot uh, another article immediately relate you know it's a, a a news alert or whatever that uh his approval numbers are uh but these 
certain voters are saying they still won't vote for him, you know, in 2020. I mean, like, really, like, I mean, they are, they look like moral. I mean, they act like the American people are stupid. Yep. Not just at a federal level, state and local, too. You know, we have brains. We're smart. We can read between lines, you know, and, and, uh, people, and they call them a new, themselves a news network. I just, yeah. All right. So, so That's how, right. how positive is Buffett? Because Warren Buffett is Mr. Businessman. Yeah. All right. By the way, have, I'm sure you've noticed all the DQs that are being built. Did you notice that? I did. Yeah. There's you know a new why? one in Sherwood. I th- yeah. Yeah. There's a new one being built in Cabot. Yeah. No, I didn't know yeah, why. Because Buffett owns DQ now. Oh, okay. He That's bought interesting. Them. Mm. And what he's done is revitalized the brand. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time you really saw a DQ commercial? All of us, and they've gone back. To pushing the ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, when I thought of, of DQ, I didn't think about chicken strips. I didn't think about hamburgers. I didn't think about hot dogs right. or anything else. I thought about ice cream. And my favorite thing that I get at DQ is Mr. Misty. <laughs> what is that? It's a it's a drink that's it's like real fine. It's like a ice ice cone, like a raspa uh, in a cup. Okay, you should that, be a food critic. It's on got the a side lot. Got, it's got you know a lot of liquid in it. Yeah, you know that's isn't that when you like the you know your your ice cone the best is when you get to the bottom and the, the ice ba- is kind yes. of melted and yes. it's all you know that's, slushy. Yeah. Well, that's what a Mister Misty is. But okay. be very careful right. when you get one because you will get a super brain freeze like oh, that. That's hard. I'm just oh. Those are painful. Yeah, it's like you drove a nail right up to the top of your I've mouth. I've never heard of that, though. Uh-uh. Okay. But in fact, my Joe and I, two weeks ago when we did the first show here, um, we stopped at the one in Sherwood. I, I think I'm place. almost positive it's a Dairy Queen. Did you try a blizzard? No, I mean, we just had burgers. Okay. That's their burgers what, are good. Yeah, they're good. You know, they're they they're are. blizzards, their shakes, yeah. their cones, their dipped cones are to die for. Yeah, they, really they are. are. They are. Okay, so here's what Buffett said on Squawk Box today. Right now, there's no question it's feeling strong. I mean, if we're in the sixth inning, we have our sluggers coming to bat right now. I'm no good at predicting out two or three or five years from now, although I will say this. Now, this is from Warren Buffett, okay? There's no question in my mind that America is going to be far ahead of where we are now 10, 20, and 30 years from now. But right now, business is good. There's no question about it. Now, he did say this also. That doesn't mean you go out and buy a bunch of stocks. Right. You know, just because business is good does not mean the stock market is going to be tremendous. Like the decision on the stock market has to be made independent of the current business outlook I don't think you should buy stocks based on what you think the next six months a year is going to bring. He's like, I've always said, if you're going to play the stock market, you got to be in it for the long game. Yeah. That's what you got to be in. But this is important things that nobody's talking about. How about jobless claims? Uh, The number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits unexpectedly fell last week which points to a further tightening in the labor market conditions. This is a good thing. Dang. Yeah. Now, this is a good this is good for you, Zach, okay? <laughs> this is good for you because as 
the labor market tightens. It means that businesses are going to have to figure out how to entice you to come fill yeah. the the holes they've got out there at their business. Are they going to you know pay you an extra buck an hour? Is that what you want? Do you want an extra week of vacation? They'll figure out yeah. what it is. Here, when did you ever think that you would hear Walmart say, and there's somebody else that's doing this as well, that they will pay you to go to college, pay for your books. Now, it's online, okay? Mm-hmm. Take care of all of that at these specific schools. Uh, they want you to get your degree in business because they want a well-trained staff in the future. That's what Walmart is saying now. They're going to they're going to put people through through college. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. For, for all of you that are sitting out there. When did they say that? That was seems that that I was about 2 weeks ago I heard about it. Okay. Yeah, I have not heard that. It's a huge story. That is now a huge did, story. Now, did ABC, NBC, CBS? I That's never heard why it. I, hadn't heard I didn't about hear it. it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't hear it on them. I'll look it up. I'll I'll read. I'll get the story and 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 bring it to everybody so everybody hears it. That's the way you get people to come. Yeah. And uh, and be part of your um, your business. Your business it's, yeah. it's just like in the military. Mm-hmm. You got the GI Bill. All right. You got that. Um, BAQ, BAS, you got a whole lot of different stuff, you know, money for housing, money for food, uh, plus your basic pay and all the rest. Uh, The military learned this a long time ago. Yeah. All right. All right. Shelly's here. By the way, happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Shelly. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Well, you, you and don't many sound more. so bad. <laughs> How's that? Okay. Thank you. All right. 29 and holding. Yeah. That's where she's at. Yes. 29 and holding. See, I'm. So it's the anniversary. I've learned are... a few things in the 65 <laughs> years I've walked this earth. More coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. I wanted to get back to this Walmart thing because it's, it's I think this is a. A, a monstrous story. Uh, going to college just got a lot less expensive for Walmart workers. Under a new benefit program, employees will pay just $1 a day to earn a degree. Walmart will cover the remaining costs for tuition fees and books. All Walmart and Sam's Club's workers in the U.S. are going to be eligible as soon as they've been with the company for 90 days. That's normally, that's like your tryout yeah, period, you know, 90 days. It applies to all full-time and salaried employees, and it also applies to part-time employees. For now, the degree choices are limited to an associate's or bachelor's degree in either business or supply chain management, but the company may offer more choices in the future, a spokesperson said. Workers must pursue a degree at one of three colleges that uh, they've set this up with. Uh, Walmart has partnered with Guild Education, a benefits platform for the new employee perk. Through Guild, workers will be offered a coach who can help them with the application process as well as deciding on the appropriate degree. 
Workers will also be able to earn college credits for attending some paid trainings at work, reducing the time needed to complete a degree. The company will be phasing out 15% tuition discount it previously offered workers for credits taken online at American Public University. About 1.4 million Walmart workers are going to be eligible for the benefit. See, this is what I'm talking about. You tighten up the job market, and companies will begin coming up with ways of saying, "Yoo-hoo, sailor!" You know, come, yeah, come I, work. You know, be with me. I, I, I guess I'm devil's advocate, but uh, how how are they going to pay for that? I mean, that's a like I know Walmart's like global. I mean, they're number one. I mean, multi billionaire company, but. Um, that's a lot of money for college tuition and and all that for their workers. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, are they well, going to raise sure costs that, and we're going to pay? I mean, how? Well, I'm, I'm sure that they have got uh, some something going on with these universities. The University okay. of Florida, uh, that's not a slouch university. No, folks. that's no. You know? Yeah. Gators. All right. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Branton. You couldn't see, you could hear me clapping my hand, but I was doing the gator sign. <laughs> All of you who are watching on uh, the Dave Ellswick show on Facebook just saw me do that. I'm I'm ashamed of myself, okay? <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. But anyway, uh, Brandman University or Bellevue University, the three schools on the line. Uh, Where one, are they? Oh, those are the online, okay. Yeah. Uh, all this is online. Oh, okay. Uh, 1.4 million Walmart workers will be eligible for the benefit the company expects 68,000 of them to participate over the first five years based on enrollment in similar programs. There is no penalty for leaving the company or failing to complete the degree. In February, Walmart raised its minimum wage to 11 bucks and gave out one-time bonuses up to $1,000. Now, check this out. Citing a tight job market. What, what? What have I been talking about here? All mm-hmm. right. Uh, several hotel companies have recently expanded tuition benefit programs as well. Earlier this year, McDonald's started offering $2,500 a year to eligible restaurant employees and $3,000 to managers in tuition assistance. Starbucks started a tuition free program in 2015. And more than a thousand of its workers have now completed their degree to date. Duh. Yeah. I just, I'm just saying, yeah. they'll figure out a way to make themselves uh, enticing yeah, to attractive. workers. Yeah. That's why I did the "Hey Sailor" <laughs> uh, thing. All right. Bottom line, uh, and there's going to be more things like that. Uh, you know. When you get a really good job, it's not just what the base salary is. No. What are no. all the other What are all the other perks around it? I mean, I sit here and I can tell you this: I, uh, I get paid a base. I get paid uh, a talent fee mm-hmm. for things that I do. I I get paid a commission if I go out and sell some advertising. Uh, and I, there's all different kinds of ways that I can become a, you know. A money maker uh, for the uh, the company, yeah. You know, because they're making money, I'm making money. Everybody's yeah. happy. Yeah. 
you know? Well, and I mean, a requirement, especially this day and age, but even the late 90s. I mean, I graduated ULR in 98, um, went to work as a paralegal for several, several years after that in the 2000s as well. And uh, it was just a, a no deal, a no go if I didn't get health insurance, you know. Yeah. Include, and, you know, that was, you know, I guess you come to say, and back then and even now, you know, that that is part of your salary, you know, the health That's insurance. That's 20-odd I mean, years ago, all right? Yeah. But, I mean, even up to date, like, a job, you, you just can't almost take a full-time job like that without benefits unless you just have to. You know what I mean? It's just it's one of those deals where health insurance is so vital, and uh, you just kind of count that as part of your salary as well, you know? Well, how about uh, you? you back 20 years ago? I got to think that there weren't as many lawyers as there are now. There's a ton of lawyers. Oh, there are. And all of them are needing the help that you could offer them, which means that with your experience and stuff, if you wanted to go back into paralegal, we probably don't I mean, I loved it. But the bottom line is you could probably, well, not probably, you would make more money because of that. Yeah. And again, as it tightens up, the worker gets a little bit more power in their hand. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to go out and take whatever you can find. You can go out there and be a little bit choosy at times. Yeah, especially if it's in a field that's constantly demanding, you know, certain types of people, depending on whatever that field is. That's what happens when they let the market work. Right. Absolutely. That's what happens when the market works. I should get. Professor Ford on from UALR again. He's retired now, but he'd be telling us the exact same thing. Yeah. Having him on. No, I mean it puts uh, the power back in the people's doing. hands and businesses' hands, and I mean that's what America's made of is mainly small businesses. You well, know? that there's a whole lot more small businesses than there are mega corporations. Sure, I mean, and and most of Americans they they work for small businesses. I mean. They either own one or they work for one. And, um, you know, it's letting some restraints off of them. You know, now at a state level, of course, here in Arkansas, we're choked to death. Small businesses are. Um, and at the federal level, too. But as far as uh, letting the market work and, and, and putting more power back in the hands of the businesses and the people, it does make it more enticing for um, the workers, you know, to where they can not just have to go beg for a job and take anything yeah hey coming up senator tom cotton is going to join us from washington dc watch the phone when it starts ringing it'll probably be tom uh and we'll be talking to him i want to talk to him immediately about iran we can talk to him about the uh the baker decision and uh, making the gay cake and all of that stuff that's all coming your way here on the dave ellswick show Alan kerr is going to be with us the insurance commissioner we'll talk to him in the four o'clock hour And then to finish the show, how about your phone is listening and it's not paranoia to think about it. It's happening. We'll tell you all about that as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, special guest here for the next uh, 20 minutes or so, Senator Tom Cotton joins us. Senator, thanks for giving us the time today from Washington, D.C. Hey, Dave, how are you? It's good to be on with you. I'm I'm doing really, really well. Uh, First thing I want to talk to you about, though, is a story that was on – the dim gas today down at the low. I can't believe that this story is at the bottom of uh, the front page, and that deals with this Obama uh, era bid 
to be skirting uh, around the uh, edges to help Iran with all, during the sanction period that was going on. I mean, they were allowing them to use uh, our financial system to do money exchanging, basically kind of money laundering, wasn't it? Yeah, so the exact thing they were doing is looking the other way as Iran was getting a license to convert um, Omani reals. Oman is a country just across the Persian Gulf from Iran in dollars and then into euros. It ultimately didn't go through, but it's an example, Dave, of just how much the Iran nuclear deal distorted our foreign policy. We've been over backwards in so many ways to accommodate Iran, not just on that nuclear deal, but in cases like this currency exchange or letting them embed themselves on Israel's border or supporting terrorism and hijacking American hostages. That's one happy effect of President Trump's decision to discard that deal is now not only are we not bound by its one-sided nature, but we can confront Iran in places like uh, Israel's border, and we can put sanctions on them for supporting terrorism or engaging in this kind of illicit money laundering. I mean, how long uh, did the Obama administration not understand that Iran for years now has been funding Hamas and Hezbollah and and had their fingers in the Middle East where we've been trying to get over there and, and make things work? It's a, it's a good question, Dave. Uh, I, I think they were incredibly naive, often had their head in the sand about Iran's very aggressive behavior in the Middle East and support for terrorism and deeply adversarial nature towards the United States. You know, it was part and parcel of the Obama worldview that, if, as he said, we would extend an open hand to our enemies, then they would reciprocate. That's clearly not the case. It showed weakness and it empowered our enemies and it made our allies uncertain and worried. Yeah, well, I, I got to tell you what, it ticks me off, and I bet it ticks the American public off because they lied to us about all that. We're not doing any of that kind of stuff. And they, how does he get away, or, or an administration get away from lying to Congress about something like that? Well, the, so the permanent subcommittee on investigations has turned up this evidence, Dave, and I believe they're conti- now going on to the further question about administration representations to the Congress. Um, they, the Obama administration obviously ought not to have been engaged in this kind of transaction with Iran to begin with, but we also want to uh, conduct a thorough review of the statements, testimony, and representations to Congress to see if they knowingly concealed that information. Hmm. I, it's, just, it's disconcerting to me that uh, your own government is going behind the back of the duly elected uh, representatives of the citizens of this country and carrying on these illicit operations. And and, and that wasn't the first one. I mean, there was a, a bunch of stuff going on with the Obama administration. Well, Obama had a huge disdain for Israel, too. I mean, yeah. um, and, and remember, remember, too, very early on, whenever we sent a pallet of a billion and a half dollars of cash <laughs> to Iran in exchange for those hostages. Yeah, I will never yeah. forget that. I mean, it wasn't like they typed some zeros and and ones into a computer. They had hard currency sitting there. Didn't they go out from Andrews Air Force Base? Uh, I don't remember the exact details about it, Dave, but I know this. It was, yeah, basically just sitting on pallets, shrink-wrapped. Yeah. The way, the way you see in a Hollywood action movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, Iran was able to invade the restrictions we had on them accessing the U.S. dollar and the international banking system. Again, it's just an example of how far 
the Obama administration bent over backwards to accommodate Iran in every case. At the same time, it was sticking its finger in the eyes of our traditional allies in the region, like Israel and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, it makes me question his motives. That era era is over. We are now treating our friends like friends and our enemy Iran like an enemy. Yeah, let's talk about treating our friends with friends. Let's talk about, uh, I haven't talked to you since this happened. Let's talk about our our embassy uh, now in Jerusalem. And that was a huge, huge deal. It's a great step for the United States and for our uh, ally, the nation of Israel. Israel is the only nation in the world that didn't get the right to choose its own capital and have other governments recognize it as that capital. That was an affront to the sovereignty and the dignity of the people of Israel, and I'm glad the president has finally opened our embassy in Jerusalem, as Congress has called upon him to do unanimously as recently as just two or three years ago. Um, and I think we've also seen, too, that once again, all the hysterical predictions about the violence and the wars that some decision like this would create are overblown. And we've moved on, just like I predicted we long would, to whatever is next on the agenda in the Middle East. But in the meantime, the United States has an embassy in Jerusalem, which is the eternal capital of the Jewish nation of Israel. Yeah, it's great. It was great. It was fun to watch. It was great to listen to the president. It was great to listen to, of course, uh, uh, Netanyahu and, and talking about that happening. And here in, in my studio, we got uh, the Israeli flag that, that uh, hangs in our studio because Israel is our number one ally. A lot of Absolutely. people think Europe is where our mm-hmm. number one allies are. I'm going to tell you what, over in the Middle East, I don't think there's anybody in Europe that's better. Maybe Britain is as good as uh, Israel is. I mean, just amazing. So we, we well, Israel, Israel, you're right, David. Israel is a great ally. They're a partner in so many ways, economic and financial, political, militarily, intelligence. And a lot of their partners in ways that a lot of Americans don't even know because of the sensitive and classified mm-hmm. nature of our partnership. Uh, we have that with other countries. But I can tell you it's probably stronger uh, with Israel than it is with anyone else. By the way, can you talk just for one small moment about that huge coup Mossad came up with when they went in and got all – how in the heck did they get all those records out of Iran? How – there was a ton of stuff there, Senator. It was unbelievable what they came up with. Uh, I can, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I just – I will say this. The, uh, the Israeli intelligence services, to include the Mossad, are highly skilled, uh, some of the very best in the world. Um they also have the benefit of our uh, of a different geopolitical situation than what we face in the United States. We are a very large country, and we are very far from our adversaries, and we have overwhelming military might against them. Uh, Israel is a very small country. It is very close to its adversaries uh, that have the potential to overwhelm them, at least quantitatively, since Israel is only about the size of Jerusalem or, um, of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, the Israeli people, all of whom serve in the military, since they have a universal military service requirement, are in general more tolerant of military and intelligence risk than almost any other democratically elected people, because they understand the stakes. They understand that they can't afford uh, big or even a series of small errors when it comes to their own security. And that's a national asset that Israel has, that its military and that its intelligence agencies have. Well, it, it was an amazing thing. That that was as big, as far as I'm concerned, Huge. news-wise, as yeah. what happened in Entebbe back in the day. That was incredible. 
really, really was. All right, so let's talk about North Korea. Uh, it was funny. I mean, uh, Rudy Giuliani said that Un was like on his knees begging for this. <laughs> do, you, do you buy that? I think so. Um, you know, the the president, and I think, wrong-footed Kim Jong-un when he accepted his initial invitation. And Kim went through several weeks of negotiating um, with the United States about how they're going to meet and also running off to China a few times. Then I think he began to get nervous uh, about the approach of the summit and what it would mean for his security and both from a government standpoint and his personal security as well in the long run. Uh, and he thought that you know, he could play, pull out the old North Korean playbook of, of bullying and posturing and demanding concessions for the mere act of talking. And I think President Trump handled that correctly. He just said, if that's the way you want to play it, then we're not going to sit down. I think that's, you know, uh, badly shook Kim Jong-un's uh, position and put him on the wrong foot once again. And, you know, he needs for his his own political and security reasons, he needs this summit to happen. And he basically dropped all the demands that he was making. So we are back to where we should be, should have been and should remain, which is no upfront concessions uh, for the mere act of talking. It's fine for our leaders to sit down and talk. You know, presidents have always sat down with the leaders of hostile and evil nations to try to protect the United States. And I think we should all be rooting, whatever you think of Donald Trump and whether you voted for him or not, that he is successful uh, next week and in the weeks ahead in trying to denuclearize North Korea. Senator, do you think that uh, the American public has been stunned by this president at, at, at how well he's done in the international theater? <laughs> I certainly think a lot of the never Trump resistance on the left has been stunned by it. Um, but, you know, look, I, w- I would contend, Dave, that Donald Trump has a lot more in common from a foreign policy standpoint with presidents from Harry Truman to George Bush 43 than Obama did with all of those. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama was the one that truly had a radical approach to foreign policy, rewarding enemies like Iran and and Russia and China um, and turning our backs on allies like Israel. Um, Donald Trump is the president in keeping with long decades of bipartisan consensus that America needs to be strong in the world. Our military has to be second to none. The president must show a willingness to employ military force when our vital national security interests are in stake. And that the simple principle of knowing who your friends are and helping them and knowing who your enemies are and hurting them is not a bad guide when it comes to national security. Well, I I just think he's done a a wonderful job. I'm I'm stunned by that he actually did what so many other presidents said they were going to do in moving the embassy to Jerusalem. That's what does it drive you crazy, uh, Senator, that you've got all of these politicians who vote for things and say, yeah, let's do that. But knowing full well, probably the the person in charge won't do it. Then somebody gets in there and does it and they all act like they, they're going to have apoplexy or something. Well, it's happened for a long time, not just with politicians, but with presidents who have promised to move that embassy. And that's a perfect example, Dave, because every member of the United States Senate, just a couple years before the president's decision, had voted to reconfirm our position that the embassy should be in Jerusalem. And then the president announces that he's going to follow the will of Congress and the law. And basic international norms of respect for a sovereign nation and move our embassy 
to Jerusalem, and the Democrats get the vapors about it and start predicting Chicken Little is going to fall and there's going to be a general war in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. When, in real, when in reality, not only is there not a war, it doesn't even prejudge any of the sensitive questions about the status of Jerusalem in an ultimate peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis, because they can still draw those lines anywhere they want to. Everyone knows, though, that Jerusalem, whatever kind of peace agreement there ever might be, is going to be the capital of the nation of Israel. All right. We've got just a couple more moments with Senator Tom Cotton. What about the cake baker decision uh, that occurred here uh, just a few days ago? Uh, Big win for religious liberty or just a minor win for religious liberty? Dave, it was a big win. Uh, It said that uh, government bureaucrats can't be openly hostile towards Christians who want to live out their faith uh, in their work, especially when that work is artistic or creative or expressive. Let's remember uh, the baker in this case, Jack Phillips, perfectly mm-hmm. happy to serve gay customers. And as far as he knows, he served dozens of them. He simply did not want what he considered to be his expressive creative artwork, a wedding cake, to be used as part of a same-sex marriage. But other than that, he was perfectly willing to serve any other kind of cake or baked goods or what have you to gay customers. It's not like he had some litmus test hanging up on the door. Um, Yet the Colorado bureaucrats in this case uh, were openly bigoted towards his religious views and compared them to um, some of the worst offenses in human history. Um, If if he had lost that case, it would have been a very dark day for religious freedom in our country, which is the very first freedom. Now, it doesn't settle all the case, all the matters in this uh, it, case. It may come back again in the future. Cases may like come back again. I, I certainly hope, though, that government bureaucrats who are tasked with for- enforcing law will be respectful of religious freedom in cases like this. All right. And, and then, Senator, uh, have you and the uh, ma- majority leader talked a little bit about this uh, uh, cancellation of the August recess? You think it's a good thing? We have. I told him many weeks ago uh, that I supported extending the summer legislative session, Dave. We've faced unprecedented Democratic obstruction. We saw it again just this week. Uh, We had to conduct multiple votes to confirm a federal judge who ultimately got confirmed 95 to nothing. In years past, Dave, before the president took office, that's the kind of vote that we would have had maybe two hours of debate on so the guy's two senators could give him nice speeches about his uh, records. Or we would have just had a voice vote without even have a recorded vote. That's why there are so many vacancies in the federal government. It's also why we have failed to pass the spending bills to fund the government for so many years now. Uh, so I hope this extra three weeks of session in August will allow us not only to confirm nominees to the federal courts and these very important executive offices, but also allow us to fund our troops and make sure that they have the resources they need to keep our country safe. Senator Tom Cotton, thank you for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll have you back on, hopefully, in the near future to talk some more. Great. Thank you, Dave. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Senator Tom Cotton from Washington, D.C. Some interesting comments from him. We'll talk a little bit about it when we come back. Don't forget about Hollenbaum Farms. Uh, The strawberry season is over. We can cover the studio in black right now. (laughs) I'm I'm in a state of mourning. But Check this out. Uh, Holland Bottom Farm has squash, zucchini, eggplant, cucumbers, bell, banana, and jalapeno peppers. Plus, they're also picking tomatoes, plus cantaloupes, and fresh blueberries. 
so you can get fresh from the farm to your table. You can eat the best produce from Holland Bottom Farm. They're out on 321 out in Cabot. Get off that first exit out of the quarter of death there on 67167. Hang a right. Go straight out to 321, and you'll, you'll find them as you pass the Vidoc right there on the right-hand side, and they'll be there to take care of you. I think they're open till 6 p.m. right now. So get on out there and enjoy some of the fresh produce they have at Holland Bottom Farm. Hey, don't forget about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. If you're like me and you drive the wheels off your car, I got a 2009 uh, Corolla. I think it's got about 57,000 on it. And then I have a uh, 2010 Acadia that has nearly 300,000 miles on it. The last thing I want to do is to go out and buy OEM parts, brand new parts put on it. Uh, what I try to do is go over to Sonny's Auto Salvage and talk to R.D. and have him look to see if he can find one of those uh, well-maintained total loss vehicles that he has and find the part for me. We did that with the taillight with the Acadia, but for the uh, Corolla, we've replaced the transmission and the motor uh, in the uh, the car uh, with uh, Sonny's uh, Auto Salvage parts, and I got a uh, three-year uh, parts and labor warranty with unlimited mileage on that, which means for three years I don't have to worry about nothing. If anything goes wrong, they're going to fix it and make it run just the way it's supposed to run. So when you're thinking about what to do and you start thinking about, well, maybe I'll just go buy a new car, stop for just a moment and say, do I want a four, five, $600 car payment again every month? I did that with the Acadia. I'll never do that again. That's why I go over and talk to RD over at Sunny's Auto Salvage. Your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Let me give you the, the call uh, in number there for RD. Call 982-7451-982-7451. So, Shelly, uh, I got about a minute left here before we get to the news. Okay. Anything out of that? interview that we did with cotton that stood out to you uh well the the news of the democrat gazette that's i'd like to know more about that oh, about the, 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 the yeah, iranian the thing obama, in the obama mm-hmm, administration that really stinks uh, and, yeah, and well, like they, you said they, why is that at the bottom of the, i mean that should have been a huge, huge I mean, well they just huge. happened to find that in one of the uh committee meetings uh, uh that the senate republicans control now and basically what the obama administration was allowing iran to do is to launder money. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, they stopped it before they could do it because they found out about right. it. And Lord knows how much of that money, if they had been able to switch it from U.S. dollars and, and why is Obama, Koreas why was he, you know, yeah, it didn't happen, but it it, it wasn't that the, he wasn't trying to do it, and why? Isn't that I mean, interesting? It's very. Yeah, I agree, because he wants everybody to be on the same yeah. level. That's what I mean. Obama said that no, a million does. times. He does, yeah. But we're, I, we're nobody special. Yeah, you're full of it, Obama. Still are. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take a break. Come back. Continue. We're going to talk about uh, medicine when we return on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. Let's move into uh, the four o'clock hour. <clears throat> Some of you are on your way home. You lucky dogs, you. Uh, but uh, you know, I was on my way home. Yeah, I know you were. 
And I'm going to only make you stay here for a half hour so you can Bless get you. home very much uh, on time. Well, the subject I want to talk to you, it shouldn't take us a whole long time to no. talk about this, all right? No. I'm going to let you kind of set this up because a few months ago, uh, people were upset because the small pharmacies here in the state felt like they were going to get their butts put out of business well, if things didn't get changed. They were well on their way to do that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, to kind of set the stage, um, what happened was that um, the PBMs, Pharmacy Benefit Managers, what a lot of people don't know is that that is probably, it's a middleman between your insurance company and your pharmacist, okay? Um, they manage all of the uh, the drug payments, the uh, um, those claims for your pharmaceuticals, okay? They the insurance companies don't really manage those anymore. They got too big for them. So this incomes this about the year 98, 99, 2000, uh, these companies come in. They're, they start out as a software company. So we're going to come in and we're going to basically um, manage all those claims for you and take that off your plate. In other words, the insurance companies outsource that. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So it was all perfectly innocent when they started out. and. And uh, said, you know what, uh, for every prescription we, we process for you, we're going to tack on a dollar, dollar and a half. And uh, um, that's where we'll make our money. Okay. Insurance company says, awesome, because we can't do it that cheap. They've given us a great price on it. They're going to manage that stuff for us. So what happened was they, they did that. They made those contracts uh, with the pharmacist. The pharmacist uh, were, were, you know, they were mom and pop places, the independents and things. They... They, uh, you know, these pharmacists have been handed down for generations, and they needed a way to come into the 21st century. Uh, so they, the, the, the PBMs, they went in and said, you know, we're going to sign a contract with you between the insurance company and and uh, you guys for selling these pharmaceuticals. But um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna manage your end of it too. Okay, uh, yeah, we're going to. Uh, uh, you didn't see that. You didn't see me just stare at yeah. the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds like a be, good be, deal. Always be careful of someone, you know, trying to help yes. you out. Always bearing gifts. Oh, yeah, look at the other hand when they're holding one out. To That's you. right. Yeah, absolutely. But um, um, make sure the other hand isn't in your wallet. Yeah. The, uh, the bottom line is uh, they handle things like credit card transactions and all those things for the pharmacist. And pharmacists say, hey, this is a pretty good deal because we can't get these services this cheap anywhere mm-hmm. else. Right. Okay? Time marches on, and they do all this processing, and these guys get a little more and more greedy, okay, as things go. Uh, they start buying up pharmacies like mm. CVS, Walgreens, things like that, okay? And they start getting into spreading, not just being a middleman, but getting it, you know, from beginning to end. From a little player to a a big big player. player. So, you know, trying to monopolize things. So now they're CVS, uh, Caremark CVS, which is started out as a PBM. Obviously, CVS is a uh, pharmaceutical sales company. And um, now they're trying to buy Aetna Insurance. So they'd have it from oh beginning gosh. to the end, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, January 1st, they decided to raise their prices, okay? And it was tough enough for the independent pharmacies anyway, but they raised their prices to the point of below cost of the independent pharmacies. 
You know, independents, they're not CVS or, or Walgreens. They, they can't buy it at the volume, a Walmart-type volume that, mm-hmm. that everybody else does. Plus, we had a law that said you can't reimburse your affiliates at a higher rate than you do the independents. It's antitrust, all right? <clears throat> so all this hit the fan, okay? Now, whoever made this decision at CVS Caremark to, to make this, this change January 1st, just before session started in Arkansas in an election year. Yeah. Okay. Keep in mind, all these pharmacists, they vote. CVS does not. That's right. <laughs> the pharmacists touch everybody else that votes because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else that votes is on high blood pressure, cholesterol, all kinds of medication. And all your medications <clears throat> are going up and up and, and up, are going and up. up and up. On top of everything else, um, there was uh, – Caremark had a – the PBMs had a gag clause, and I'm not putting anything else out there that's not already out there. They had a gag clause in their contracts that said, uh, Mr. Pharmacist, if uh, you cannot tell your customer where to get this cheaper. The other day, the president talked about this. Yes. You, you can't. You, you, you are you are precluded. We're gonna we're gonna cancel your contract if we catch you telling your customers where to find this pharmaceutical cheaper, or how to get it cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's got to go through us, and we get our cut and everything. So I mean, and and, and now we're and uh, now we need to talk about the spread because the spread is the difference between what the insurance company pays and what the pharmacist actually. Uh, gets in his pocket. All right. We were talking about a pretty big spread. I mean, some of them were minor. They were $100, okay? Some of them were thousands of dollars. In other words, the pharma- the, the insurance company would pay $1,000 for a pharmaceutical. The um, pharmacist would get forty nine ninety five, mm. and then the PBM would keep, keep the difference mm-hmm. called the spread. Okay. So now we, we're, we're caught up. We're, we're <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and you can imagine the pharmacist kind of did a march on the Capitol, and um, uh, we had to do something about this. The governor thought it was so important that he did a, a uh, special session just to handle it. Yeah. Now, wasn't part of the problem <clears throat> for the pharmacist is that <clears throat> these larger groups suddenly were trying to buy up the small pharmacists? The mom well, and pop businesses. Yeah, when the pharmacists started complaining, um, the they got a letter, and again, I got a copy of one. They they got a letter from the the PBM saying, "We know things are tough. We know times are hard. Here we go. Um, we'll buy your pharmacy from you." Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was a serious situation. And now, that all being said, the governor and I both do not like regulation. Well, yeah. You, you don't like regulation? I None hate regulation. I'm a regulator, okay? But the reason I'm a regulator is so that I can get in there and m- reduce regulation, minimize regulation, because I'm less about regulation and more about supervision. There's a huge difference. Yeah, I like that. Okay? Yeah. Less about regulation, more about supervision. Well, see, so I is see, the governor. I see you, Alan, <clears throat> as being the referee. Yes. I see you as one of the zebras out there with a whistle in your mouth, you know. You know, you, you can go out and you can do that, yeah. you know. Uh, you will let you do these things, but we're going to call a foul when there's a foul. Right. And what this what this is, is was, was a foul. We had to call a foul. Um, they were breaking the law. 
simply by not reimbursing the, the, the independents the same as they did their affiliates. That right there was enough to set me on fire. So, um, you don't want to mess with Alan when he's on fire. I'm just telling you. you And and the governor and I both agreed. We do not want to hinder free enterprise. I I want to make that clear. Nobody wants to to hinder free enterprise because that is the foundation of our, of our country. But, but there's rules for free enterprise. There there needs to be rules. Yeah, there has to be. If you cross the line, I'm going to blow the whistle and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what this what this rule does? We passed the bill that gave me the ability to to, to promulgate a rule, and with the rule is out there now. We've spent two three months on it, and uh, we're put it out for public comment. Um, so both sides, the pharmacist and the PBMs, can take a look at it and tell me what each one of them don't like about it. You know, I'm I'm not setting a floor for I'm not setting prices. I can't. I'm not going to do that. You know, others might. I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. That's again hinders free enterprise. What it does, it gives me a chance to go in and look. What are you doing? Okay, are you are you not, you know, reimbursing the the independents like you are the affiliate, the affiliates? Yeah, are, are you, you playing fast yes. and loose? Are you playing fast and loose? Are you not telling people the truth? Okay, when it comes to your health, when it comes to your health care, you know, this isn't like. A box of cereal. This isn't tires. This is your health. And how these things operate and how they work need to be on a fair, even uh, playing field so that everyone has the same opportunity to get well. Okay? Um, Just because you buy your pharmaceuticals from CVS rather than the independent on the corner drugstore in your town, there shouldn't be an advantage there. You see what I mean? I understand. So, mm-hmm. so, so what what have you guys come up with? I mean, for the average listener, for us to understand, what is it that this uh, this is all done? Well, we've gotten rid of the gag clause. They can no longer do that. That's illegal in Arkansas. That's good. Okay, it should be illegal. So, my pharmacist can tell me the best way to get this 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 drug, and you know, um, or, or if there's a replacement for it, or any of those things, or say, you know what. <clears throat> This this is uh, this is going to be deregulated in in thirty days. If you'll if you can wait that long, I'll give you some samples and and then you can come back by it then. Mm-hmm. Whatever you know, whatever the situation. Because um, the pharmacist, honestly, the pharmacists are are you know right in line with your doctor. They're they're supposed to not do any harm and supposed to give you the best the best treatment possible. Um, we're gonna we're gonna license them just like we do insurance companies. We're going to make them, uh, you know, they're going to have to apply for a license. There's a surety bond requirement. you talking about the pharmacists? The, no, I'm talking about the PBMs. The PBMs. Yeah, PBMs. Okay, that's what, okay. Pharmacists are already licensed, yeah. monitored, regulated. Um, there is a uh, $1,000 filing fee, which isn't going to, you know, if you're in business, you don't have $1,000, you don't need to be in business. Um, the requirements are pretty minor. The reason for the requirements are so that if they don't play right, I've got a hammer to pull back. I said, well, we're going to, your license to do business in Arkansas is in question. Okay. Only if they cross the line, only if they do something illegal, only if they do something unfair. So, um, we're not setting prices. We're not over-regulating. Um, we're simply, um, going to be, we're going to supervise. That's all it is. All right. You've tried to make this basically as transparent as possible where it was not 
I mean, if you've got a gag order on people that they can't tell you where yeah, you I mean, get to... I mean, that's super some, scary. Yeah. What, what that was, that was my main thing in the, in the legislation. I, I, I kept saying, is the gag order in there? Is the gag order in there? So... So anyway, well, and then putting them in the position where they, you know, want to try to buy them out. I mean, that's scary stuff. Well, it's pretty bad when somebody yeah. tries to run you out of business yeah. and oh, yeah. they send yeah. you a letter and say, yeah. "And I remember we know that it things happened. are tough." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> reminds me of that old codger in uh, "It's a Wonderful Life." Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, up all when the I was property. living up in Fulton yeah. County, the pharmacist there, I remember what happened. They were just in a tizzy. You know, the local pharmacist. I mean, it was horrible horrible they were yeah. terrified yeah they were they were worried they were going to go out of business yeah. so. and they would have if, if i mean yeah if something hadn't been done well again obviously. our our local businesses our pharmacists they're they some of them third generation you know and um um that's not an excuse but you know they, they deserve to be treated fairly okay so it's only been out for a couple of, of a few weeks here uh actually just a few days a few days that's yeah. right i'm sorry so what has been the reaction thus far? I mean, usually if it's something that people hate, you'll get a bunch of phone calls immediately. Right. It doesn't sound like that's the problem here. So far, so good. I haven't had any uh, um, knee-jerk reactions or anything along those lines. I'm sure we're going to get suggestions, okay? But, you know, I'm sure the pharmacist would rather see some kind of uh, price floor in there. So, that, you know, but I can't do that. Um, the, uh, the fact of the matter is it's, um, uh, we need to keep free enterprise, free enterprise, but, you know, like I said, we are going to be, uh, be in a more super supervisory mode. All right. We got a call coming in. Who we got there? Uh, all right. Alan from North Little Rock. So Alan, Alan, uh, <laughs> Alan Kerr is here. He's ready to take your uh, question. What's the uh, question for him? I'm wondering why we needed a middleman to begin with. Now we got to have another government organization to regulate the middleman, and then we'll have to have an oversight committee to oversee the oversight. Well, I completely understand, and and I, and I don't and Who empathize the with idea you. Of having a middleman would be a good thing. Well, think of it more as outset, outsourcing part of your um, part of your business. You know, a lot of businesses outsource IT work nowadays. Uh, instead of trying to build it themselves, and they go and find somebody who's, who has already done this and, 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 you know, has a product on the shelf that they can buy and um, somebody who's willing to do that service for them. That's really how this, how this started out. But then, you know. My dad owned a business, and he, all his life, tried to eliminate middlemen. Yes. They take their cut. So you, if you avoid them, you don't have to worry about overpricing. Well, a good example is Walmart eliminated all middlemen <laughs> and pretty much eliminated so everything but manufacturing. Have them? Why does the state of Arkansas have them then? Have what? These middlemen. Well, that PBMs. was all, it's all over the United States. It's, it's our, every state. Yeah, every state's got this. And, and to be honest with you, every state is looking at the same legislation that we're doing. They're using ours as a model. Holy cow. Yeah. This came from on high then? What do you mean from, from on Washington? high? No. No. <laughs> Who no. set this up? Uh, what do you mean who set what up? If we didn't set it up. 
the companies set it up and the, and the pharmacies yeah some set of the insurance up. companies they're again they're they're independent companies they're independent entities oh. and they go out and they they find somebody who's willing to take on this part of their business this headache that they've got to do keep in mind that you know when you go to the doctor that's one claim okay but yep. when when the doctor gives you a couple of prescriptions that you're now got to take like blood pressure medicine every month that is, if you're taking two prescriptions, that's 24 different claims instead of just that one. The insurance company handles the one to the doctor. Now this PBM hands the other 24. Does that make sense? Holy cow. I don't understand. What, where do they get 24 claims? Two prescriptions a month. month. Two prescriptions a month. 24 claims a year. Holy cow. If you're if you're on okay. blood pressure medication like I am, I take a couple of them a month. That's twenty four. That's twenty four claims a, a year, and you, you multiply that times. Valves, so I've just got two of them. Yeah. All right. So you you multiply that times times uh, two a month, and you multiply that times um, all the insurance companies' uh, insureds and and patients. Then that's a tremendous amount of of data going back and forth. That's a blizzard. All right. Does that okay. help? Yeah. I okay. got you. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you. Yeah. It, it was trying to to make it easier for the big pharmacies and the little guy as well. Yeah, it was. And that's the way it started out. All right. And then, you know. But you nobody get, was watching the middleman. Nobody was watching them. And uh, they, you know, they were the least regulated in, in the stream. Yeah. And you just had to, you know, and they were doing things they shouldn't have done. Shame on them. Well, they made some bad decisions, and they were paying the price for it. Right. So. And what's the name of the PBM? Well, the one that, that that we had the most trouble out of was CVS Caremark. But there's several. There's at least a dozen PBMs doing business in Arkansas. Okay. Are they located here or just doing business here? Um, most of them are just doing business here. Okay. Yeah. We'd love to have a lot them of them here. are in Delaware or someplace yeah. like yeah, that. I was going to say we'd yeah. love to have them here and yeah. employing yeah. Arkansans. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we would. Yeah, Alan, thanks so much. Yes, sir. I just I told you I'd keep this short because I thought you. that would be the way to do it. Thank you. Appreciate you coming in. And uh, by the way, thank you for filling in for me while I was uh, going down to see my oldest granddaughter graduate, uh, graduate from high school. Man, I am that is... I am as old as dirt. Now. You are you are a good officially officially old as dirt all right let's uh, get a break in we got to do that we'll come back finish up this half hour then uh, shelly and i have the next half hour for you here on the dave ellswick show all right just a few moments uh before we got to get to the news my thanks alan kerr the insurance commissioner for coming in and uh talking to us about this thing dealing with the pharmacies it was uh i mean it was really getting bad for the small uh, hometown pharmacies uh, and, and that was big because in some of these small towns, you didn't have a Walgreens or a CVS or a Caremart or somebody like that uh, on every other street corner. You had to drive miles then to go get uh, your uh, your uh, pills taken care of. So uh, th- this should help alleviate some of that and uh, try to stop people unscrupulously from driving people out of business and then buying their business up. Here's the news. Hey, PI Roofing, they've gone from just PI Roofing to PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Joel Johnson understood that, you know, that hole that you might have got in the roof or, you know, some flashing that peeled away or whatever and letting water in your house, 
That was only part of the problem. Getting the damages fixed uh, that the water had caused inside your home was a whole different experience for most homeowners. Uh, You had to go out and find probably several different contractors because a guy who went out and did the painting uh, wasn't going to do the drywall repair or the guy who was doing the insulation wasn't going to do carpentry work. So the bottom line was you had to deal and juggle a whole bunch of people, and the first thing you had to do was to find them. Well, Joel Johnson has made it very easy for you now. You call PI Roofing, and they come out and fix your roof. You've known about them now for years. They've been one of my advertisers for literally years. And I've used them, you've used them, and you know how good their work is. Well, now if you get uh, a hole in your roof, you get them water coming in, they'll take care of those problems inside as well. Joe went out, hired people to add to his force so that they could do the interior painting where you got those uh, you know, stains from the leaks or you need to get some drywall repair done so you don't end up with you know black mold on the back of the drywall, things of that nature. They do exterior painting, carpentry work, pressure washing, take care of the insulation that gets destroyed, uh, ventilation, all of that. They'll take care of it for you. So it's a one-stop deal now. All you got to do is call PI Roofing and Home Solutions, your roof leak detectives, 501-687-6246, or visit them online, PI Roofing on Google or piroofing.com. That's all you got to do, and they'll take good care of you. Now, I had mentioned something, uh, and you should have seen Shelly's eyes when I mentioned this to her. Her eyes got real big. Do you, do you know that your TV can listen to you as well? You didn't, you didn't know that your TV could listen to you. We got her, her We got her on. Make sure you got her. I'm seeing the light. There you go. Okay. Now you got her. All right. So the bottom line is uh, a lot of your electronic devices now um, – are listening into you. Uh, let me. Uh, Is that only if you ask Siri a question or ask or, or do the talk into the Google and all that? Or is that just if you're, you know, not even on your phone and you're talking about something? It's not, it's even if you're not on your phone. <laughs> that's what that's what this is. What's kind of crazy about this? I'm trying to find the story again real quickly to kind of run over this because I don't want to talk out of out of. Uh, okay, where is it? Now I got to find it. And uh, probably, as far as me, maybe taking it down. Well, here's the key. Here's what was happening. Some people started noticing. You'd be sitting, maybe having dinner, mm-hmm. and you're just having dinner time conversation. Your phone's sitting in, in your pocket or in, your, uh, in a guy's case up in his uh, suit coat or maybe down sitting on the table, women in their purse, whatever. And... You're sitting there, and let's say you're talking about, if you're a lady, let's say you're talking with another lady at the table, and you're talking about shoes. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you well enough. Wonderful All right. subject. So you're talking about shoes, and then the next day, you're on your uh, Facebook account, and ads pop up for specific shoes you happen to mention during that conversation. Because your phone is processing all of that data inside of it. It's not sending it out anywhere. It's it's there. But 
when you like get on face when you become a member of Facebook and some other things, you mm-hmm. give them the right to mine that data on your phone. Right. So it's all sitting there. Your phone is listening to you. Now, Siri, you know, when you're talking, or Alexa, or whoever it yeah. is, that that's on, and it can hear you. It's it's listening. That's why sometimes you'll be talking about some rock and roll group or whatever, mm-hmm. and then later on you go, um, Alexa, uh, play some classic rock, and all of a sudden that group pops up. On Facebook. No, no, or no, just... no, on on the music that Alexa starts playing for you. Oh, okay. Because they're what they're trying to do is trying to uh, make sure that they are serving you the best that they can, oh, you wow. know, by reaching you. Now, of course, if they hear... If if there's if there's data in your phone that says uh, you like Domino's pizza, mm-hmm. you know Domino's going to get that. And because all of every time you go to these people, all these businesses, mm-hmm. you give them the okay. Yeah. yeah. To look well, into you your know the phone. quizzes. Me and my friends used to have so much fun with the quizzes yeah. on Facebook. I mean, we did them all the time. They were so fun, especially the Christmas ones and the yeah. New Year's party. Oh my gosh, we had them all, and nobody wants to do them anymore. And, and they're really not on there. I mean, I see a few every now and then, but they've taken them off. I mean, they were everywhere on Facebook. I mean, I was addicted. I would do like thirty quizzes a day, and found out that they were all of stealing that stuff. All, yeah, 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 they were all picking up all and that now information. You just almost can't even find a quiz on Facebook anymore because people don't they want screw that the information fun going. Up and everything. Yeah. Well, it's it's people. I understand. They don't do what they do for, for free. nothing. Yeah, it's not our. You know, there's a reason. Know. There's a reason why uh, they do what they do, and it's called money. Money. <laughs> That's what follow it's called. Follow the money. Yes. You know, and uh, that way they can they can follow. You know, I mean, look, if you go, if you're on Facebook, and you're on a computer, mm-hmm. and you leave Facebook, or and, and I'm picking on Facebook now, but it's with anybody. Yeah. And and I go over and let's say I want to look at I'm a huge Cub fan everybody knows that, all right. So I'm typing in how much would it run me to get one of those very cool leather Cubs jackets? Yes, I can tell you right now that within thirty minutes mm-hmm. there'll be all kinds of ads all over my Facebook about. Hey, uh, you know, the, the, the fan, what, what was it called? The fantastic yeah. website that's got all the, this stuff. Uh, the Cubs website, mm-hmm. everybody's website, and it will feature that leather jacket. Okay. It's so pretty amazing. This, to be is this speculation that they found that the phones are listening, or is this being confirmed? Like, no, it's confirmed. Okay. Who, like, People who people who have made the phones and things. I mean, everybody okay. everybody understands how the whole system works, but except they, for even us when you're who just, uh, use them. Like not when you're talking to Siri or anything. Just when you know, if I'm talking to you and our phone's sitting here right now, like it can. That's what I'm saying. It, that is insane. You're having a conversation, not, okay. <laughs> and you're telling me about some kind of shoe you yeah, just bought or whatever. Yeah. The phone is recording a lot of that conversation. It doesn't go anywhere but in your phone. 
but you've given the ability to like Facebook and others. Well, sure, but to even mind if it gets in the phone, the phone is is uh, a repository. You, yeah, it's, it holds the data for all these. Kind of, I mean, that's yes. a scary thing to, to I don't mine like it that. out. I don't know. <laughs> well, if you don't like it, then you got to get, get off, off my phone. phone. That's I exactly. Know, I know. I mean, I I laugh now uh, sometimes about people who say, "Well, doggone it." I have a right to privacy. Mm-hmm. You give up that. Ever, most people listening to this show right now, you gave up that right to privacy a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, uh, they know more about you than you know about they, you. It's, it's true. They yeah, really, it's really very do. Scary. Very scary. Yeah, it's scary. But I mean, that should not be okay. I mean, for them to listen, you know, for your phone to be able to listen to your personal conversation. <laughs> it to you. It's not like you're asking your phone it's for advice. To you. I know you're just loving that. It's listening. And what about the TVs? What are you talking yeah. about? The smart TVs? Yeah, they do the that same too. Thing? Yeah, that's not okay, Dave. Yeah, I, this is <laughs> not okay. Know, I'm they not know. know. They've, know, they've known that. Russ and I have talked about that before. That story. What was it? About I mean, look, three years ago, that story came out that your television listens to you. Oh, you're if you've got if you've got smart equipment linked linked up to anything, it's listening to you. Not only listening, but your linked television. Linked up meaning your television the internet can be hacked. Yeah, if you've got smart equipment in your yeah. house on yeah, your TV, on your computer, Netflix, on your phone, yeah. anywhere you got you've got an Echo Dot, an, an Echo anything, it's listening to you. And I mean. Dave's right. You you can talk around your phone, and you start looking at Facebook, and you'll start seeing the ads based on what it is you're talking about. I can mention that I want um, I want a swimming pool uh-huh. at my house, and I will start getting uh, Facebook yeah. ads for not only in ground pool installers, but also above ground inflatable pools. I mean, this is a huge privacy issue. I, it I mean, it really is. Why is the government not? Um, because do they know? You signed. Uh, they, you uh, signed. They you signed, you signed it away. No, no. If I'm not on Facebook and I'm not, my phone should not be listening to me. <laughs> you know, tell my daughter to go do her homework or my wife says talk Facebook to her. Is the devil? Well, but I mean, like my phone's on, but it's not. I'm not on anything. Like it's, it's, it's. I'm. Like okay. it should not be able. To- now I'm going to make her really paranoid. Oh gosh! It's really not all that difficult for a hacker to hack your television, and they can watch you. <gasps> so the next time, listen so, or watch. So now, no, watch. How? So, so the next time you're doing your calisthenics in the news, <laughs> know that somebody might be watching you. So, is there a camera in your in these smart TVs that perform or is out? In a lot, in a lot of cases, I mean, you can do your phones and stuff where you do well, FaceTime. Yeah, your phone, but you your can TV that. you can't take a picture of yourself with your TV. But you can do you can do FaceTime through your television. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, and don't forget on YouTube, you can throw the video now. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got uh, Kurt from Traskwood. Hey, hey, Kurt, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, two quick stories. A friend of mine told me she was walking through her house one day, and she couldn't find her hairbrush. And she said out loud, where's my hairbrush? And later on, she started getting ads on her phone for hairbrushes. 
No, that doesn't surprise me. Myself, I was sitting around, had my phone on my chair, on my table by my chair, and I said, I don't even know what I was saying, but Siri answered me and said, what was that or something? And I looked at that, and I just turned it off. Like, they're listening and watching everything. My wife's phone does that a lot. Yeah, well, I didn't we, even say, we were sitting Siri, in. What time is it? Yeah, we were sitting in church one time, and it said, "Pardon me, what was that question?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! And they're watching for money and power. Information is power. Yeah. Hey man, great show, man. Thanks a lot. All right, Kurt. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of it's it's unnerving, but yeah, it's not okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. There is no such thing as privacy. Anymore. No, the, it's you're gone. right. There's not, but it's gone I, no, because I, no, you know when right. you when you accept all the terms, that's part of the terms that you accept. That my TV can listen into yep. my private conversations. Yep. Well, that I need to go back and read. reread my terms because I'm, I'm saying, not so sure that's in there. Okay. Because I've never heard of this okay. before. <laughs> well, you go ahead. You just read all of those terms. Is and, it in there? It, is it in the terms? It's that in this. Listening? Yeah, and all that small print. There'll be something. It may not say right out. Your phone can listen to you. You just say it in some technological sure, way, yeah. some legalese or something. Okay, well, it's kind of crazy. This is very yes. It makes it makes it paranoid. Yeah, and that's it. And that article, and I can't find it now because I I started talking about it. I bet you they they took, they took they it took down. It, they took it down because <laughs> they knew I was going to talk about it. It's a day. <laughs> All right, Shelley's here. The next week, Elizabeth will be back, and uh, we got we want to get one more person involved with our female power panel. But all that will happen again next week on, on a Thursday. we got to get a break in. Let's do that here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about Aero Plumbing. They have guarantees that you can rely on. For instance, if you're not 100% satisfied with their service that they've provided, they'll refund all of your money to you. That's one. Here's If a repair fails in the first year, they repair it again at no charge. They guarantee that their experts will clean up after themselves and leave your home clean. Or they're going to send a professional to clean your entire home, not just where they were working at. And they guarantee that the equipment and or fixtures they've provided and installed in your home will perform as they've stated. If any equipment or fixture fails three times in the first year, they're going to take that item out replace that item at no charge to you that is called the no lemon guarantee don't you wish they did that with cars i think that would be great i've had cars that i know are lemons arrow plumbing arrowplumbing.net arrow plumbing on google check them out they're great plumbers i know i use them only them all right so I went out to look for the phone, the, the story about the phone. Here it is. Those oddly pertinent ads on your timeline aren't just a coincidence. Your, your phone is listening to everything you say. We've all been there. You're down the pub talking about some crazy niche interest of yours, and then boom, there it is. One of your commonly used apps is showing you advertisements for exactly what you were talking about the next time you open the app on your phone. You shrug it off. You're just being paranoid. You're inadvertently click on some link somewhere, probably the same link that planted the seed in your mind about the event in the first place. But it turns out you really aren't paranoid. Your phone is listening to you. 
All right, so to help process your requests, you know, technically your phone records what's being said when you issue trigger words like, hey, Siri, or okay, Google, Mm -hmm. all right? But because it needs to listen out for those keywords, it always has its digital ear listening. To help process your requests, understand those all-important keywords, it processes what you say, on the device instead of via the cloud like it would for genuine commands. This onboard data then can be assessed by any third-party application on your phone with the adequate permissions, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat apps. It's totally up to those apps if they want to use the data or not and what they want to use it for. From time to time, snippets of audio do go back to other apps like Facebook servers, but there's no official understanding what the triggers are. It's worth noting Facebook and other such companies specifically deny ever listening to our conversations, mm-hmm. and yet it spookingly seems to be hitting topics that only come a, a cropper during real-time conver- uh, conversations. All the internals of the application send this data in encrypted form, so it's very difficult to define what the exact trigger is but you agree to the terms uh from these apps and things and so the inside of your phone is recording all this stuff and yeah. storing it can and you then turn siri in, off is that even an option i don't i don't i guess you can but the object of siri is that you're walking around and you need an answer to a question i don't use her you go Siri, answer this, you know, you know, give me some music or, yeah. you know, blah, 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 whatever it might be. I don't mean. use her, though. I, 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 I never use her. My Joe yells at her a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you got her in your house. Well, maybe not for long <laughs> if I can turn her off because I don't use her anyway. So right, just know that your phone listens. Did you did you type in, is your TV watching? I did. And what did it say? Well, it's very... Um, troubling yeah it said your smart <laughs> tv is actually really stupid yeah because it's not basically safe for the uh for, from being spied upon yeah yeah and that the tinfoil people with the tinfoil hats yeah. were right there you go <laughs> that's what <it> said <laughs> it's just something to keep in mind i mean I, seriously I mean, yeah. so if you like to do oh my God. calisthenics in front of your tv naked don't you, do it don't yeah. do it I'm oh just, my gosh. Don't do now look, if it's somebody like me, it's gonna be like <laughs> I took two forks and just jabbed them into somebody's <laughs> eyeballs. All right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't worry about that kind of stuff. Or do, to it, be do honest. it in your spandex day. Yeah, that's it. I'll do it. Well, you know what? I've lost enough weight now that you I, can, yeah, you I can could pull them off. I could wear spandex now. Will I? Absolutely no. not. I am not Captain America. Linda would divorce you. Oh I think. my God! Would be gone, I, oh. or you would be gone. I would have to check in my man yeah, card. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I just would. Shelly, thanks for coming in. It's Thank always you. a pleasure to have you here. Hey, tomorrow on the show, going to have a good one. I got Matt Smith coming in in the first uh, hour and a half. We'll talk about new movies. There's that Ocean's Eight movie that's coming out yes, with Sandra Bullock. Love her. Uh, there's one called about some. Uh, a husband and wife, and they've gotten stuck out on a boat or something. It's out in the middle of the ocean. And then uh, Heredity, the scariest movie ever made. <laughs> Keep repeating to yourself, it's only a movie. It's only a What's movie. What's it about? 
It has something to do with uh, background on these people and evil, mm-hmm. you know, spirits and stuff. So I'm going to go oh. see that tonight. I'll talk about it tomorrow. Also, the Geek Squad, Mitch uh, Breitweiser is coming in. Tim Lim will be here tomorrow as well. And uh, Lance uh, Restum is going to be here from the Travelers. Got the big car show this weekend. We'll talk about that as well. All that and more on the next Dave Ellswick Show. Have a good night. See you too. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.